Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 437. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me, and I'd like to report, Cold Coffee is imbibing this afternoon. My man, (laughs) just a a wee little dip in the coffee there. Just a wee little dip, lad. (laughs) Cold coffee with some whiskey. It's good. I don't know why. I literally had no plans to do any drinking, then for some reason... uh, I don't know. I got the idea. Did you say something about whiskey? Is that why I, th- I want to put whiskey I in think, my coffee? Or to be I honest just... with you, I, I I realize now what a terrible influence I am. You just see my face and you're like, I, I guess we should start drinking. I guess I guess that's what I was we like, do. You didn't even have to say anything. I was like, hey, is that J- is that JMO? Oh, I got Jameson in my <laughs> fridge. Maybe I should put it in my coffee. Oh. But dude, I... Oh, that's right. I asked you if you were drinking because I was drinking coffee, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, I got whiskey like within one foot from me." Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's the JMO connection. I love it. JMO uh, and Jameson. Well, I'm I'm happy to see you just sneaking back slowly over to the dark side, man. <laughs> oh, no, no. We can't we can't we can't go too far. Can't go too far. I did get my I got my four and a half mile walk in earlier today, so. Uh, I'll let myself have this one coffee. The goal is to not uh, not do a second one. Well, not maybe, one. maybe judging from your Instagram, uh, the reason that you need to have a little bit of a, a, a wee <laughs> little nip this afternoon is uh, because you were so jarred by seeing the uh, weird teddy bear in the drain on your <laughs> psycho bear, the dead murder bear. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, it's I love walking along that path, that path because uh, there was even a moment when I stopped on the way back just to look at all the mountains, you know, that were around that was beautiful. But and part of that, it runs along this where the water gets diverted when it rains, but there's all these little cubby holes, mm-hmm. and I look in them all the time because I was telling you earlier, if I'm walking on the path, there's nobody around, so I just don't want anybody to like you know, the the mole people to kind of come out of the holes and come up and kidnap me or anything. So I'll look in them. And then today when I saw the bear, I was like, that wasn't there yesterday. I'm like, what the F is going on? And I was like, let me just take a picture. Because to me, when it looked like it looked like he had like a little coffee cup or something next to him, like he had a hard night and he was just like, I got to wake up. But first, I'm going to lay down and take another nap. And I was like, I got to take a picture of this. But yeah, it was it was kind of one of the weirdest things that I'd seen out there. But uh yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a bit strange. Uh, no trains were running. I did see a train loading um, up, which is I'm so fascinated by trains <laughs> over there. The other day, um, so along the path, there's a Ken's uh, dressing, you know, like Ken's sure. like salad dressing yep. and stuff. There's a place of that. Uh, there's one of those over there, and so I always see these big tankers, the big black tanker. Uh, things that you would see on trains which usually carry like chemicals paint um and other stuff they also carry like the stuff either to make dressing or they are carrying dressing i don't know for sure my mind is like well they either have like oil or something to make the dressing or they're like loading these huge tankers full of like ranch dressing or something i'm like let's just take one of these motherfuckers or something like blue cheese over there (laughs) (laughs) oh bruh if it's blue cheese i'm gonna hijack that motherfucker (laughs) like what's up with the 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 giant tanker in the street bro it's blue cheese just dip dip Uh, some shit in there and get 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 your chips ready (laughs) um but yeah, I was watching that. Like so, yesterday they were actually taking some of the the the, the tr- things that were off up to the side of the train rails and pushing them into the building. So then I'm like, okay, what's going on? And just watching, I was so fascinated by it. So like every day when I walk by it, I walk, I look over to see what's happening with the trains. But today there was a train that was kind of, um, I don't know if they were backloading or something because like every once in a while you'll see a train sort of pull forward and it'll stop. 
and then it goes backwards. So I don't know if it's backing up and then hitching on to other ones, and then mm. it's like a process of doing these sort of things. And like I said, it's just fascinating shit that when you're walking, you just like your mind just wants to wander or whatever. So I'm look over there looking at dead murder bears. I'm looking at uh, trank, uh, tankard of salad dressing, <laughs> and uh, and watching uh, the choo choo train. What was the what was the the kids choo choo train that was real big? Thomas, kid, the, Thomas the tank engine. Thomas. Thomas, yeah, Thomas the Train or whatever the shit. But, uh, yeah, I, I haven't been able to get any of the, the uh, train guys to, to give me the honk anymore. <laughs> I've kind of been sad about that. You know, I got like, uh, to be honest, with the, with, the, with the bill of your brim kind of bent the way you do, it kind of looks like, like a conductor hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, and I- <laughs> what I love about this, this, I bought this at the swap meet uh, yesterday, uh, this past week, and I went to Broadacres, which um, if people come to town and they want to look, find something different, it's an outdoor swap meet. This hat was like one of the ones I got $3 for three for 10 bucks. Oh, look at that. Yeah. They're like little Vegas hats, but three for 10 bucks. But yeah, it's, but it came pre-bent. I like it. Like I always, it didn't have the flat bill and I always bend it down like this. So I was like, dude, it's pre-bent. I was like, I love it. I have but a feeling, yeah, for I have a feeling I'm going to show up at your house one day and in like the spare bedroom, you're just going to have like mini train sets all set up. It's going to be like the whole room <laughs> and you're like, John, take a look at my town, my train town yes. here. <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you turn it on. Watch it go. But don't go too fast because once you get around the bend, oh. like, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh. No, no, I'm not that crazy about it. But I mean, just seeing real life ones, they're fascinating, especially when, like, on the walk, you're literally like 25 feet off to the side of it. If I was ever really, well, whatever, I'm not going to get morbid. <laughs> but if I ever wanted to just off myself by a train, I know where to do it. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow. And it's going to be by the Ken's dressing place because it already stinks when you walk by that place. Oh, my God. They would never find the body. <laughs> this was not the conversation I expected to be having today on the MMA Roadshow. But uh, at least I will know where it's It's the sit. murder bear. The murder bear set the tone. And then that's why I'm drinking already. Probably. Oh, man. I'm gonna, I will know where to send the search party. All right. Well, listen, it is kind of a... <laughs> A, uh, a wild stretch, man. We, so we've got the event here in Las Vegas. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But after that, I don't know if you've realized this yet, and maybe you have because I know you're, you're looking at the calendar, but uh, we're about to start a four-week stretch of UFC events away from Las Vegas, and not only away from Las Vegas, but also a very international turn, uh, yeah. which is, is going to be kind of a, you know, I don't know, a nice little relief for the Vegas crew, I guess, because after this week it's Boston, Singapore, France, and Australia – uh, crazy man! I was thinking might actually get some, might actually have some time to get some stuff done around the house around here for the next next four weeks or so. Well, if you keep getting your internet cut out, I mean, it sounds like your house is going to be you know, in tip top shape. You know, they don't know right now, but right now Morgan's on his phone because he's having internet issues. But he was, well, I'll let you key in like to to, the, to what that's doing to the Morgan household. Bro, okay, listen, it is sad how reliant we are on on internet these days. So yeah, I don't know what happened, but my internet went down. Uh, the guy came to take a look at it. was just it was dropping a lot. So I called the service company out because I pay like two hundred dollars a month for internet. Like yeah, you obviously, pay, you pay a lot. Yeah, I you pay, do the unlimited one. I do the unlimited data. In fact, I just upgraded uh, Cox Cable. They did have like a one seventy five package. They just uh, uh, increased the speed to where it's like potentially two gigs down and a hundred megs up for like two twenty. And because we work on the internet, I was That's like, crazy. well. I, you know, it's 50 extra bucks a month, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to chip in for the extra 220 So I'm going to chip in the extra 50 So I pay $220 a month for internet. Now, uh, 
it was starting. That's crazy. It's starting to drop calls, so I'm paying for the highest speed that it has, and I would be like on a on a video call or recording some an interview or something like that, and it would drop, and I'm like, this just can't be right. So I bring the guy out to take a look at it. He looks at my stuff, and the guy, the tech was actually really nice, man. He was super cool, like, let me show you this, let me show you that, here's what's going on. He fixed some things around my house that just, you know, he's like, I'm not even saying these are bad, but let me just fix these things in hopes that, you know, they might help or whatever. He's like, I think there may be some issues in the neighborhood as well, at which point he's like, I'm going to elevate this a little bit. So he elevated it to his supervisors, and then I started getting texts from Cox Cable that like, hey, there's an outage in your area, we hope it'll be done by 2, we hope it'll be done by 5. Well, bottom line is I get home last night at the Contender Series, and it's like 7 p.m., 8 p.m., whatever it was, we got out of there, and I still have no internet, right? So... I, I call uh, Cox Communications again. They had just been there in the morning. And I'm like, can you come back in the morning? Like, I need internet to work. Like, I work online. And they were, yeah. they were like, well, the earliest we could send somebody out is, is 3 o'clock this afternoon. So I'm waiting this afternoon. But, yeah, so, bro, uh, no, you know, we cut the cord a long time ago. So there's been no television around the house for 24 hours. Yeah. Which I don't watch that much anyway, but my, my, my wife and kid do. So they're shut down. I'll tell you what's funny is during the pandemic – I bought uh, like these LED lights for all my lights in my house where you can like change colors, change tones, you can control it all from your app. That's for all those raves that you put on, right? Yeah, you know, and when you're, your late night raves. You know and, how you know. it is. The, the, the guests, they like the rave, you know, they like the lights. Yeah, no, it, basically it was during the pandemic. I'm like, you can't leave your house. I was like, let me play around with some lights or something. You know what I mean? I want to do something. Uh, so. Uh, but the problem is that all operates on the internet too. So like right now, it's like dark in my house because I can't control the lights and stuff. I mean, you can like manually switch it, but you yeah, can't. Yeah. You can't get like the brightness. Like normally, I like uh, you know certain brightness behind me around my lights and stuff like that. I can't do any of that. So uh, yeah, it's wild. I'm, I, my family and I have been forced to talk to each other, and none of us wants to do that. <laughs> so that's we gotta get this. We gotta get this internet fixed asap. Yeah. Well, especially working from the house, man. Like you, re- you, you forget how necessary that internet is it's it's one thing just like even when you said like you know cutting the cable and, and getting everything in this a la carte sort of entertainment online but just in the practicality of if you're a remote worker like internet is an essential yep. function like you have to have it and that's why it's so crazy i can't believe cox is charging so much man if you want to talk about like a monopoly and just the way that they limit the upload space, which is crazy. That's why I always tell people if you have the the potential of getting a fiber connection, like if, if there's a fiber in your air and you, granted you have to get it installed to your house, but you get that same speed down, same speed up. So I mean, it's just crazy. They're saying, all right, yeah, we're gonna give you two gigs down, but oh, we're gonna we're gonna limit you to a hundred up, right? Two hundred. It's like, bro, come on, like, give me both. And that's that's why it was crazy. Like when I lived in the hood. Uh, I had gig down, gig up, and it was, was absolutely crazy. fantastic. It was and, so like, crazy. I didn't want to move to a nicer area. I was like, bro, the internet's great in the hood, you know, like, it just because it happened to be central, but. But people don't realize. Dude, it sucks. That could save so much time for guys like me and you that are constantly uploading videos and stuff like that. Like, that saves yep. a ton of time, man. It really does. Yep. If you have a file easily, like, if I tried uploading, like, raw footage, like, say, the I think the Dana, the Dana interview last night was 11 gigs. Um, wow. you know, if you got a small, you know, if you got a small pipe and you're trying to upload it to the cloud for somebody else or whatever, you almost are forced to have to, com- you know, compress it into some other format or you're going to be waiting forever. And when most ISPs charge you a limit, you know, 
uh, a certain threshold, even though they say it's unlimited, but it's like it's really like a terabyte or some other little crap. That stuff adds up quite a bit, you know. So luckily, I haven't I haven't any uh, hit any uh, data thresholds because I haven't done the unlimited because it, just to go unlimited, it's like an, another fifty bucks, man. That's just crazy how much money that we're we're paying for this, but. You know, and you know what um, else I found out because I've not had internet for so long. So I did think on the bright side, like I do have unlimited data on my T-Mobile cell phone, and I get pretty good speeds yeah. on my cell phone. So I was like, all right, well this sucks, but I'll just work via my cell phone. Um, the problem is, and I didn't know this, while I do have unlimited data, because again I pay for the highest level possible with T-Mobile, the the high speed data is limited in terms of hotspot. So there is. Like yeah, you only get, off. yeah, it cuts <laughs> off after a while. So I'm like, all right, well, yeah. this is working. And then it's like, I get a warning after like an hour that's like, oh, by the way, you're almost out. You've, you've used like 90% of your hotspot data. I'm just like, come on, man. I can't yeah, win. I'm like, I, I pay you guys for the premium service. And when I need yeah. it the most, it's not there for me. The amount of money you're paying Cox, they should come out like in a in a suit and tie, and they're like, "Thank you, Mr. Morgan. Let us uh, <laughs> let us come in your house and put the little wraps around their shoes." You know, like, "Don't you tread on my carpet, son? I'm paying two hundred twenty. Um, I don't know if I told you, um, just because when I so yesterday uh, or two days ago we had the weigh-ins at the Palace Station, right. back to the good old Palace Station old for the uh, Dana White's Contender Series weigh-ins, which was fun just to be back in there. I mean, it's uh, just good to be back in the old neighborhood, but also, I mean. We've been covering this thing since the get go, so I, it's hard to not feel attached to the whole, the whole establishment of what it is. You know, yeah. I mean, like literally, we've been seeing that since the get go. But going in and doing the the weigh-ins and stuff. But when I I got over there a little bit early, I drove through the old neighborhood. It's gone. What? It's completely gone. Like I think I told you when oh, they oh yeah did, they, were, they were trying they were to not buying renew, up the properties right. They bought up all the properties and they weren't renewing or anything. So right now, when you go through my old street. The, the actual houses are all gone. It's just dirt. They're fenced off. And even a lot more of the businesses going towards where Area 15 is, which is the people that own all that, that property, it's completely gone. Wow. So I'm, I'm still thinking that they're either trying to get then change that to be a commercial zone or something. but uh, Or somebody got me, gave me the idea, like, what if they're putting in another casino? You know, put another giant casino because it's, it's right on the 15, like – that that area that property is it's so valuable right now yeah but yeah it's completely gone so yeah i mean i was like i'm gonna go back and take a picture i think next week or something but it it was almost a little too overwhelming when i saw it i was just like oh my god like i knew it was coming but i didn't think it was gonna happen so quick but yeah i saw somebody the other day and they're like bro the old neighborhood's gone i was like yeah man it's it's changed a lot you know (laughs) you know he's like he's like no it's literally gone i was like Shut up! And that's crazy, and I was like, Holy man. shit! I guess that's 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 forward progress, you know. I suppose, um, but it's just crazy, you know. It's just it's one of those things that you you know you want to see the city keep growing and changing and all these new entertainment value. I mean, they want to put the A's here and they want to do this and that. And even yeah. when you know when they're looking for area to put the the Raiders Stadium, you know, it's it's unique to see the 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 city grow, but. It's kind of crazy to also be kind of affected by it when it's like, you know, I used to live there. They kind of pushed us out of the neighborhood, you know, and I loved that area because it was so central. But now it's completely gone and it's uh, it's crazy. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was my little side wow. note that nobody cares That's about. That's wild. No, it's, it's not like yeah. your childhood home, but it's the home, you you know, when you moved out here to Las yeah. Vegas. Like, 
you know? Yeah, 10 years, man. Just about 10 years there. So, yeah, a lot it was, of time it was crazy That's to see wild, a lot, a lot of memories there. Some good, some bad, but so it's probably good that it's gone. <laughs> but still, I would have liked to gotten one more one more look at that, the old neighborhood. Now it's just crazy. That's wild. But, uh, yeah, man, progress. That out, man. That's nuts. All right, well, listen, yeah. you mentioned uh, you mentioned Dana White and the big scrum that he did last night. We did have the kickoff of Contender Series, so I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that. I just – I was I, to be honest, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I was a little bit surprised that five contracts were given, and I think that maybe yeah. that just kind of sets the tone that uh, I guess maybe the standard has changed a little bit because if, if I'm being honest, and, and, I, and I never want to be disrespectful because it's not like I'm saying, oh, I – that dude doesn't deserve to live his dream. But, you know, I was a little bit surprised um, with, with Kyle Machado. Yep. Like, the, the the heavyweight, obviously, that fight was not great. Him and more so than – I think him the most. I think I was I was surprised about him the most. Him the last was, fight as well. Yeah. But I, I think Machado the most. I, just because – he did everything that Dana said don't do. Right. Like if you if you're gonna if you can finish your guy and you're that much better than a guy, you have to finish him. And he's like given people shit about that before. I don't know if we just talked up the fact that, you know, just like you said, he came in there like a kid that just ran through the candy store. He was so happy. There were some I mean there were some really good fights, you know, there were a couple of times you actually I looked over at him while the fights were going on and he looks complete he was just having a blast. Yeah. You know, having a good time, but I'm telling you, dude, there were also times I looked over him and he looked bored as shit. Right. And one of them was that heavyweight fight. It was during the Machado fight. And so fight. when we got to the when we got them in the back, I was like, "There's no effing way he's going to do it because the guy did exactly what he said. Don't do. Don't just not go for the finish. Don't just pray it around. Like he was so clearly outmatched over his opponent. He and uh, he should have been able to finish him. But Dana's like, well, he was the underdog. He was so clearly ahead, you know, he just kind of what I was like, bro, you used to yell about that shit, you know, so I don't know. I I chalk it up one to I think he was excited. But again, uh, I can't remember the last time I heard them say their roster was like 670 or 650. However, many many he he actually asked Hunter, he's like, Hunter, how many do we got? I don't know if you remember the number, but I feel it was roughly 650, 670. I want to say it was like it was upper 600, 656 maybe or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot. It usually always, uh, I think, I always thought it rotated closer between 450 and like 500, maybe lower 400s. But it was always sort of in the 400s or so. Because when you think about how many fight cards, say if there's even 50 fights a week, say there's, you know, 10 fights, that's 20, you know, that's just a small number, 20, 20 times 50. I mean, you're not getting a lot of fights. That's a thousand, say if that's a thousand, that's maybe three fights. Right. If you're only talking like at a fraction of those, but then you have roughly 700 fighters how the f are you going to get that many fights in you just can't without cutting the roster and we've said this in the past you know when you bring these guys on is that immediately a sign that uh you're going to start trimming the herd and he's like you know guys this is this is just part of the game this happens every year guys come guys go and i was like you know but yes this is a super platform to bring some smaller paid contracts in but you know you're getting quality talent, you know. So it's definitely a win-win um, for the UFC. But I can't fault them because it's a win-win for the, the guys that are getting a shot on the show too. They all love it. They've been working their way to get in there, and so they're happy to get the contract. And people have always kind of, you know, bitched and moaned that the the tough contracts maybe weren't the best ones, and some of these, you know, contenders maybe aren't the best either. But it is giving them access into the UFC. But I'm telling you, if I was a veteran and I've been sitting there trying to get Mick on the phone or Sean on the phone trying to get some calls and something hasn't quite worked, you know, worked out, and I'm seeing five dudes get a, a contract every week, 
I'd start getting worried, you know, that my spot maybe isn't going to get filled, and am I going to get released? You, you know, know what's I funny mean, is, or, I, you know what's funny is, as you say that, I wonder if maybe, and I don't know this to be a, a fact, but I do know, and we talked about this a little bit over the years. As you said, we've been covering contender series from the beginning. I remember there was a point where I started talking to managers and prospects that were like. I don't know if I really want to go on Contender Series because, to be honest with you, I know they're going to put me up against another killer because we're, we're vying for a USC contract. Yep. If, if I win and my fight doesn't necessarily impress Dana, I'm not getting a contract, and then maybe they don't give me another opportunity. Whereas, you know, there's basically three ways to get into the UFC. Well, four if you count, they just sign you off the street. That doesn't happen very often. Right. It, it happened to, uh, to right. Charlie Radke recently from CFFC, which was cool to see. Like, he just got signed in. The others are short notice, like you keep yourself ready and you step in on short notice, the Ultimate Fighter or Dana White's Contender Series. But I did start to see maybe around like season three or so where people start saying, I'm not sure that's the best way to go because I could go there, I could win, and I don't get a contract. So I just wonder if that started to get to the matchmakers, started to get to Dana and Hunter, and maybe that's part of the influence as well. It's like, hey, we don't want people to not want to come here because we've got to staff this show. Let's maybe be a little bit more forgiving because it is the fastest way to get in where you can actually have a training camp, be ready for a fight, versus you know, getting on a late notice where it's like you just have to stay ready at all time, which is tough. So I just wonder if maybe that's something behind the scenes. I doubt they'd ever – it but i wonder if that had something to do with it i mean and it quite could be i mean yeah you never know i mean he's always you know he's always they've always been happy to to you know kind of take these you know these fighters on these quick short notice ones but i think the fact that if there's just such a rotating roster out there you know but one thing that is unique too it's still we find like the same managers are getting their guys in front of the matchmakers, you know, as much as we said, you know, there's there's something to be said about going to one of these bigger gyms or these gyms that have these connections. There's definitely something to be said about having connections with some of these managers. You know, some fighters are able to do it without if you're, if you're so darn good and you fight in your record to do it and you make you make waves all on your own. You don't mean a manager. It's quite possible. But I'm telling you, man, um, it is certainly still and especially with the UFC a matter of the connections that you that you find yourself out there you know whether it be you have a, a UFC fighter friend <clears throat> whether you have a coach that somehow has ties and they get those 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 uh you know they grab the ears of these matchmakers and these guys are getting their foot in there and uh and then getting these fights and i can see where some of them maybe don't want to fight it because they're thinking they're not going to get uh you know, if they have a lackluster performance and, you know, say they maybe think that they won't get signed. But honestly, I think most of these cats, if you ask most of them what they want the most outside of a contract is the chance to perform in front of Dana White, Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. You know, whatever the risk be, you know, getting that chance to actually fight in front of them, I think, is probably the the second best thing besides actually getting that contract, because mm -hmm. without getting that shot, you have no shot of right. getting inset unless you're a late notice um, pick and you have the the ear of somebody. Like if you're a late notice pick, they just need somebody to fill in and say Jason House, who had one of the guys I think there last night, vouches for you, and Shelby's like, okay, I, I've sort of seen this guy's body work. We're getting him. We're going to give him a shot. Yep. You don't get another opportunity to get in front of these guys, get some TV time. Um, I would have to think that the risk outweighs. Um, the chance of not doing it, just trying to think that you're going to go some other way and maybe get in there. Um, but it is, it is probably scary because, you know, most of these guys are getting it and they're getting multi-contracts. I, I would assume multi-fight contracts and it's at 
an amount that maybe is not where they want to start. Right. But it's it's a start. And I can see where some people are like, well, fuck, I don't want to get locked into six fights at, you know, I don't know, 10 and 10 with yeah, the, the potential like a, to change it after two or yeah, something exactly. like that. I was going to say, usually you, know? you can change it after like two. You can probably renegotiate. You but know? usually with that, I don't know if that's written into the contract or if it's just a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, trust me, this happens sort of thing. Because if we've seen the UFC too, you know, hold those contracts and be like, well, these guys got contracts. So we'll ask them like, hey, are are things going to happen? I know these fight order got missed around and blah, blah, blah. And you already have a guy signed a fight. And he's gonna he's gonna switch and take this fight, you know. Um, are you boosting up the money? Well, these guys all have contracts. They've already signed contracts, and it's like, right? Yeah, you know. So you kind of wonder, you know. It's it's kind of been that practice where we see guys take a certain amount of fights, and then you know, if they step up, you would hope that they kind of work something out. But if you're signing for a six fight deal, the UFC, if they if they want to play hardball, can say, sorry, we have six fights to deal with. Then we'll talk about renegotiating your contract, unless you're maybe something like a. Even even like say when Sean O'Malley started taking by you know took off by like a rocket right from the get go, I'm sure he had a multi fight contract oh, yeah. and I'm sure they probably did switch it up, but that was no guarantee you know I mean I guess he probably could have been like well I'm gonna take my star power and sit off to the side and, or cut me loose but they it doesn't work that way and I mean I I don't know it's it's weird it's weird but I still think that the benefit of getting in there and you know at least starting fights with the UFC is the best potential to get you some money as opposed to not and hoping that you're going to get a big number somewhere else, you know, because there is no bigger platform. But no. um, that being said, I mean, I'm sure some of these contracts aren't the best to start, but, you know, at least it's a start. Um, but but again, I don't it's that's all whatever. I'm happy that the Contender Series is back because I love the Contender Series. Not as much as Dana got all crazy last <laughs> night, but dude, it's fun. Like it was kind of swapped. Like you stayed in the media room to catch up because your Internet at home has yep. been garbage. So you were catching up on work. Me, for the first time since I didn't have to do fight interviews right after, I was able to go out there and watch the first four yeah, fights. Yeah, we had the roles before I ever came back out. So I'm like, dude, this is awesome. We you know, the they gave me front row. You actually I was got like, to see dude, some fights. Balling. I love it. I love <laughs> I it. I loved it. I love, I love it. it. Well, listen, uh, you know, you brought up a lot of stuff about the contracts. I guess it's worth mentioning. I'm sure, uh, you know, you saw the news as most people did. Potentially some changes coming to contracts in the not too distant future. The class action lawsuit that's been 10 years in the making. The word came out today that the judge certified the class, which uh, certainly you and I are no legal experts. So I will not even pretend to try to break everything down as if I'm some kind of expert on it. But what it does mean is about uh, 1,200 fighters now are certified as this class that uh, are in this class action lawsuit. Um, that basically blames the UFC of using ruthless tactics um, to help c create their market dominance. Um, and, and they kind of want some damages for that. And so there's still this was a big step forward, and, and I don't want to minimize it because it is a big moment for this thing that is, again, crazy, man, like a decade in the making. Um, but I, for those that wonder kind of what that means, and again, I will not try to pretend to be a legal expert. In fact, I'll just say I think John Nash is a guy that's really gone out of his way to just – live this story and to understand it inside and out so he's definitely worth checking out anything that he's created on this um but basically what i would say is it is a big moment there is still a whole lot to play out you know there's still a whole lot of legal things left to, to come out of it um but it could do a couple of things number one there could be a lot of damages that the usc has to come out with and and that'll be yep. you know cash payments to these 1200 fighters that are part of this class action now is that going to impact them horribly 
Not really. I mean, they're doing pretty well financially, so I don't think that'll be a big deal. But I think that you know, still, it would be good for those fighters if they truly were, you know, if they missed out on money that they should have made because of the UFC's business practices. It'll be good to get that money in their pocket. I don't think it'll it'll destroy the UFC if anybody's worried about that. But what it, I, I think, probably the more significant potential change, depending on how all this plays out, is changes in the UFC contracts moving forward and, and how yep. athletes Going are treated forward. as free agents and you know could really shift the industry <clears throat> moving forward. I, I still think it's interesting because I still think even if even if free agency restrictions were loosened up and even if you know all the things that they're pushing for to make it more of an open market for you know athletes out there to bid on their services I still think the majority of athletes are going to want to compete in the UFC unless the financial yep. compensation is so great or somewhere else that they can't say no. But I just feel like it's so far and away the most known and established brand. I mean, listen, consumers around the globe, they know the UFC. Athletes that are trying to come up, they want to fight in the UFC. So it's certainly a great thing for there to be more of an open market. Um, but I don't know, for people that maybe worry, will this – screw up the security of the UFC or what does this mean for the future of the UFC? i be honest with you, I still think most athletes are going to want to compete in the UFC. Yeah, I mean, if anything, what a great thing it become. One, I think it's tough. It's going to be tough to prove the amount of potential lost money that people um, could have earned by using having the freedom to use their likeness. Um, I think they could probably get some sort of establishment, but it's going to be tough to kind of come up with a blanket number to say, this is exactly how much money I think I could have made. Um, but if going forward, if it gives the athletes ownership back of their likeness and gives them the availability to use their likeness in their own way, um, I got to think that, you know, while the UFC has been able to do that stuff, I mean, how much money do you think they're really making just by the likeness when it comes to T-shirts, other stuff? It can't be like crazy numbers. So I don't see if they use that, lose that um, chip that it hurts them so much, like let the fighters. I mean, I think they could still control whether, you know, you can't go in there wearing a certain sponsor on whatever. Maybe that does come into play. Um, but I think they could certainly be able to find sponsorship out and maybe be able to use their likeness when the UFC can't stop them from doing that. I think they could still control the overall product of what makes it onto the TV broadcast and things of that sort. But I can't think that's going to hurt them too much on the bottom line in the terms of not owning their likeness. I think the the biggest set will come will the the payment for damages in arrears, you yeah. know, stuff when people say, you know, I've, I've fought for you for X years and I, you know, I've been, you know, a, an established fighter for 25 years and I haven't been able to do dolls. I haven't been able to market myself on t-shirts. I haven't been able whenever, you know, I think I potentially could have had $50,000, $100,000 and then times that by whatever X millions of dollars. Um, you, you never know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sure what kind of big number. I mean, is that, I mean, are we talking 500 million? Are we talking 200 million? Are we talking a billion in, in a pool of money that they want to kind of do it? And then how does that work out between fighters? I think the toughest part is when these fighters are going to try to have to prove um, lost money. And then does every do we say, okay, they're, you know, just roughly say, all right, they gave us a hundred dollars. Everybody gets their share of a hundred. Is everybody share the same? You know, I mean, or are they going to bitch about and say, I deserve more because of blah, 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 blah. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting things that come out of it. But um, if anything, if the potential for fighters have their own likeness and their their own ability to market themselves fully, 
outside of what the UFC. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't still fight with the UFC. I mean, it's still the biggest platform. Well, and I think, I but think I think it biggest, would be nice for them to be able to kind of make more money outside of the UFC. Yeah, and I think the biggest push that they're going to have is, is having the contracts being like uh, less restrictive, so that you can pursue free agency more freely, that you can pursue opportunities. Um, with other organizations more freely and, and you know the contracts do have a set end date and, and et cetera et cetera and you don't have these extension policies on there and all that yeah, yeah. I think that's really what they're going to yeah. push for but I think you, you hit the nail on the head too it's just like look man <clears throat> an open market is great for everybody like an open market is a good thing when people are bidding for your services it's a good thing because every you know there's multiple buyers trying but man it's it's not going to be for everybody across the board right i mean there's not unlimited amounts of funds at pfl bellator one championship it's not as yep. if like they've been like well we would have paid these guys a lot of money but we just never had access to them you know what i mean so um I, again it's, i think it's a good thing i'm not trying to downplay uh, you know what the goodness of a free market is it's just you know i don't know that it's going to inflate wages to some you know oh my gosh now everybody makes 10 times more than they did before this happened you know what i mean i just i just don't necessarily see that from it but nonetheless um it is an important story worth following it's huge that's huge and i and I'll, i would i'd be lying if i said until you said it i didn't quite look at it so yeah i'm just actually kind of reading it on the backside <laughs> here so yeah that's pretty that's pretty crazy it is um it's a big moment. It's a, that's huge. And I'll tell you huge. what. Yeah, I mean, I, we've, we've forgotten. It, not that you forget that's happened, but it's been going on for so long. Just sort of the UFC has been able to kind of just extend, extend, push it back, push it back, push it back forever. I mean, to think that it's been going on for a decade is crazy. Crazy. You know, I mean, it's just unreal. I mean, that's the connection and power that these big organizations have. You know, who would think, I mean, if you say you have a civil law case of your own, Going on, you think you could push it off ten years? No. You think you could push that? Ch- Absolutely no. not. It's it's unreal, you know, like the power and the money um, to do that sort of shit. So um, it's crazy, but yeah, I mean, congratulations to all the fighters that have been pushing for this for so hard. There's been some people that have really, really over the over the years have, have uh, stepped up and really been very vocal and caught a lot of shit. Yeah. And uh, you know. Congrats to them today. Today is their today is the start of their day. So yeah, they stuck shit. they stuck to their guns and they and they kept pushing through. You know, it'll be interesting to see the contracts. You know, the uh, the um, you know <clears throat> one of the things that came out of the Dana White scrum, of course, was the updates on the uh, on the Stephen Thompson situation. Now, I will say, if you're a longtime listener of the MMA Roadshow, especially those kind enough to support us over at Patreon.com/slash/TheMMARoadshow, you already knew all the update that was happening because I told you about it. I told you what was going on a couple weeks ago, uh, and you already knew what it was. But we talked about this, and and I, you know, again, th- this is something that I think should end up in in contracts as well. And and you know, maybe this is something, and I think a lot of it would be done through collective bargaining if that ever happens, which I'm not truly hopeful that'll ever happen but you know as these contracts another big step that's a huge step yeah (laughs) but as these contract structures and stuff changes is guaranteeing what somebody uh gets paid in situations like what wonder boy went through now as i pointed out before listen i'll tell you right now whether you think it's right or whether you think it's wrong i can tell you right now the ufc treats it a lot different versus when your opponent is medically ruled ineligible and when you simply elect not to take that fight. Now, again, I've said it from the beginning. I support Stephen Thompson, his decision not to take that fight. At this age, yep. at this point in his career, yep. I mean, that could potentially be the end of any championship run for him if he takes it. So I yep. completely and wholeheartedly support his decision. Unfortunately, that is the way the contracts are written, that you don't necessarily get paid just because you make weight. And I think that's a misconception that a lot of people had. Now, as, as Dana kind of said last night, yeah, if you're a – 12 and 12 guy or a 15 and 15 guy maybe they just say yeah here's your 15 grand thanks if you're a guaranteed 250 guy 
that's a lot of cash to hand over somebody that decides not to compete. Um, and so I, I do honestly see both sides of it. I mean, I, I know everybody wants to support the fighter, and you should. I mean, the fighters are the reason we watch this uh, this whole sport. It's not the it's not the organizations. We watch the athletes. But you also have to think as a business owner too. What would you do if you were in that situation? How 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 easy or difficult would it be for you to write that two hundred fifty thousand dollar check? But as we've talked about before, I, I think there should be some kind of guarantee. Maybe it's 50% of your show. Maybe it's 30% of your show. But, but whatever. Just an agreed upon number so that if I make this decision, we don't have to get in a room together. We don't have to try to work this out because we've already agreed to that beforehand. These are the terms that we agreed to. So, you know, hopefully maybe things like that are things that can continue to evolve and change with these contracts because you see the situation. You know, it's it's unfortunate and, and you'd like to see it, you know, it just be easy and not be a difficult situation. So th clauses like that and things like that I think are where – people can can try to progress things moving forward yeah and it's it's and it's overdue i mean you know that's the kind of stuff it's funny that you know why when we see this happen at weigh-ins we see this stuff happen we all still don't know what's going to happen right you know what it'd be nice to have a sense of just understanding oh, okay now that this option a has happened now b happens and then c happens you know we don't know every every time it's different and it's weird and it's like why is it that way you know it's ufc's 30th you know it's talking about the ufc 30th you know and it's like we still don't know what yeah. happens you That's know really point. when certain things like happen Listen, you know I, I'll put, paul pointed it like this i think a lot of people don't realize too like most times when somebody misses weight you get 20%, right? And so people oh, okay, that's the industry standard. Guess what? It's not the industry standard. It's become kind of the accepted norm, but there's nothing in the contract that says you yep. get 20%. There's nothing in there. That's negotiated between the parties and the commission as well is involved in approving that. So you can easily go, you know, I want 50%. And I've said that before. Yep. I think fighters should do it. Say, hey, I want 50%. Should ask for see, it. see what happens. But you know what would be nicer if you didn't have to do that negotiation is exactly what you said. Well, if it's you know, this percentage or less, it's this amount of money. If it's, you know, yep. if it's, if it's like, and, and when I say this percentage, what I mean is the percentage of weight, you know what I mean? Cause if you say a pound, yep. uh, you know, if it's, if it's two pounds, well, two pounds at heavyweight and two pounds at flyweight is significantly different, <laughs> big right? Difference. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe if there was some kind of scale that if it's up to this much, you lose 20%. If it's up to this much, you lose 30%. If it's up to this much, you lose 40% or, or whatever the case may be. As you said, just standardize it so it's not like, oh, now we got to get in a room and we got to talk it out. It's just like, well, here's the flow chart. A happens, so B happens next, and C happens after that. You know, it just it, it seems yep. like it would be – it just seems like it would be better for everybody involved because then there's none of this hard feelings and, and bad blood back and forth because you're just following procedures of the contract that we all agreed to. And I'm sure the matchmakers will like that too. I don't. I'm sure they don't want to have to grab their laptops, run into a room, and talk with people for hours after it, trying to renegotiate new things instead of just being like, "Can't we just have it done so you don't even have to call me? Like, can't right. we just get this to work out?" Um, something while we're talking about weigh-ins, something they've done before is something I've heard that that they're kind of trying to push to make more of like a thing. Um, so with contenders, it's a one-hour window. And that's your window. And they've done it in other places where they did a one-hour window and then say, like, the second hour was, like, uh, the re the reway window. From what I'm hearing, Ratner's trying to push for, you know, take that two-hour window that we have, but make it the first hour window, the first window, that's the weigh-in window. That first hour. If you need to reway, that second hour is your reway mm. window. I like that. Not not show up at the end of the second hour hoping to get a third hour yeah. to cut because then people are already expecting a third hour. 
you have one hour to weigh in. And then if you get in there and you miss that weight, you have that second hour to, uh, to reweight and that's it. I like that. So in a sense, changing the two hour window to a one hour window, but you have the potential to have your still hour after, but it would still be within that second hour. I like that. I think that's what they're, they're, they're hoping to try to make that a more standard. It happens in like sometimes international shows, the contender series. And it just makes a lot more sense, you know, because say if like some of the, like the fight nights and the other ones at the apex, you have a guy that just weighed in, he's at the top of the first hour. Now you're telling him he has to wait for that second hour for somebody to come weigh, And then we, then we do face-offs. The guy just wants to rehydrate or the gal wants to rehydrate. They want to get back. The last thing they want to do is just sit in a room and wait. I mean, yep. like it's better for them. It's better for all the parties and it's better for the production. It's better for us as media sitting yep. there, you know, waiting and waiting. Um, I would like to see that happen, and I'm hoping that they they do kind of push that way. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense, but a lot of sense in the terms of you're giving stop making a fighter wait to properly rehydrate the guy. They're going to fight in 24 hours. Give them that extra hour back where they can start rehydrating like and safely get back up to speed. So I'm hoping that 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 kind of um, selfishly <laughs> kind of hope that it goes that way because I think it would help our lives a little bit better as well. It does, um, but it but just yeah. logically makes more sense as well. And it's funny, and I'm glad, I'm glad you updated me because I didn't know that they were pushing for that again. Mark Ratner was involved when this whole early weigh-in process was originally created, and the idea initially was exactly that. You have two hours. Like, we're giving you two hours. You can come in any time in this two hours, and if you come in at one hour and 59 minutes – then that's it. If you make weight, you make weight. If you don't, you don't. But then commissions, you know, from commission to commission, they start to say, well, we've always done where if they miss weight, they get an extra, an hour. extra hour. And so we got to yep. honor that extra hour. But the whole thing was the extra hour was supposed to be built into that two hours. It was supposed to already be there. Like this is the extra hour already there. But yep. somewhere along the line, it got changed a little bit. And I like what you said. I think that's smart because if you do that, it makes total sense. Hey, the first hour is weigh-in hour. The second hour is re- is, is re-weigh hour if, if need be. And listen, if you're talking about just fairness and everything being on equal grounds, I mean, that's more fair anyway, right? Like why does one guy weigh in at 9.01 and the other guy weighs in at 10.59 and then gets another hour, like you said? So they really weighed in more or less three hours apart. You know what I mean? So that's not really yep. – fair and equal grounds right that's different so I, i'm glad to hear that they're kind of actively maybe trying to push that again because that my understanding was the initial intention of the way it was supposed to be built and it's crazy because i mean we've seen it we've seen fighters game the system i mean yeah it's weird that that, that extra hour because you'll see now fighters will come down during the win window or not the fighters but like the team will come down and ask specifically if they weigh in do they get an extra hour yeah you know, like how hard do we need to push our fighter, you know, to, to do, you know, if I know I can make them struggle a little bit more and we're going to get an extra, we might get that extra half pound off knowing that we have an extra hour. Then I'm going to rush them down here right now and then we're going to do it instead of just like pushing it to the very end. You know, like teams are, are gaming the system. I mean, now and, and that being said, sometimes cuts are different. It's not like every team is, you know, like, ha, 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 how can we best do this? Right. You know, sometimes cuts your body just something comes up, you know, and it doesn't cut like it normally does. So any extra little time that you can get, the better. But it's all too often we see teams come down there and, you know, you'll see them sort of grab a commission person like, you know, so if he misses right now, we're going to get another hour, right? So it's interesting when they come down and the commission's like, no, one and done or, you know, you have this, this two-hour window is your window. You could have came 
weighed in and reweighed in this two hour period. So it's nice to see that they're kind of starting to stick to that because ultimately when it boils down to it, it just means fighters have to come closer to weight when they're coming into the fight week and they got to be, they just got to be better on point, you know, like it's unfortunate. And if it gets to the point where <clears throat> they're like, I just can't get my body, then, then it's like we always say, fucking move divisions change, you know, and granted that's tough because like, if you're big, if you're a big lightweight, you don't want to go to welter. If you're a big flyweight, you don't want to go up, you know, you want to stick at that division and, and, you know, far be it from us to say, no, I'm, I know you do well at this division, but if you can't make the cuts and you're killing yourself, you really should go up, you know, you don't want to do that. But at, at some point, if that's, if that's the way that you're going to safely make weight and be able to stay in the sport longer because you're not killing yourself. I mean, we've seen what heavy weight cuts have done to guys. I mean, like, it's hard to not think about like what, Every time Anthony Johnson would go in there, you know, he's he's one that always sticks in my head. And I know we used him over and over and over about what the weight cuts were doing to his body. And we've uh, seen what it does to, to other fighters when it's they come in. Watch. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's, it was interesting because I was talking to Kaplan the other day <clears throat> and she brought up PFL. And, uh, you know, in the in, and part of this was because of uh, the way that their season works out. You're seeing these fighters maybe five six times or more in that year it's hard to not get attached to these fighters and see the pain that they're going through and when i I bring that up when i'm referencing like when we see these guys go through these ways weight cuts and you see them struggling on fight week it's hard to see them go through that because you understand what they're trying to do you know but man it's tough it's tough seeing this and I, i don't know what the the right answer is to like you know have fighters not do this because you want them to fight and be the biggest, I guess they, they can be at whatever weight they, they can get, but you want to, you want to see them do it right because you right. want to keep seeing them be able to fight, you know, and it's just so tough. And, uh, you know, if, if that means, Hey, the, the window's got to shut down. I mean, you got to start sooner. You got to, I think it'll, it'll hopefully change the way that the weeks, the last weeks of fight camp where it's maybe not so much of like finishing off the fine details of, of, you know, the training camp and the strategy, it's more of like starting that weight cut two weeks out instead of, you know, guys getting there on Tuesday and thinking like, Hey, I'm going to crash course, lose 20 pounds in three days, which we see happen over and over and over. And, uh, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those nasty things. I mean, like weight cutting is probably the nastiest element of, uh, the sport in terms of like the damage that we see that these fighters undergo. It's one Which thing when you get a broken they, arm. Because they go in there and they beat the yeah. piss out of each other, but it's the weight cut that's the worst part. And they're breaking shit. But yeah, it's the weight cut that's literally crushing them, you know, and it's hard to see. Like, you know, uh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, and I bet if, and maybe that's just being us naive, but I think if we would ask a fighter, what's the worst part and what do you feel the worst after uh, a fight camp, like a whole fight, you know, camp training, the weight cut, and then fight night. What was the worst part of it? I cut. guarantee 100%. the majority is going to say the cut. 100%. You know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a big change. It'd be a big, big changes. But I think it would just mean they, they need to rethink the way that weight cuts is going into these these fight weeks. You know, I think that's to be the biggest thing that changes is that they're going to have to come in a lot less. Yeah. You know, and that was what they used to try to do when they put them on the scale, when they come in on the beginning of fight week. They were supposed to come in at a certain weight that was close to the thing because they didn't want to see this. Yep. And I don't know what's happened to that. I don't know if it's just kind of just went away. It's not like we ever really see it. But I remember... 
Burt Watson used to guard this thing, and he'd, he'd walk around with this rolled-up piece of paper, like his paper, because he would come and he would pre-weigh everybody, and he'd write the thing down, and he'd either give you his, mm, you know, this stern look and a little bit of a tongue lashing, or he'd be like, oh, right on, you know, and part of that was because, and that goes back to what he saw guys doing boxing and other stuff, you know, like, the damage that these fighters were doing in this short period going into the fights, knowing that you're not going to be able to perform your best if you're literally killing yourself 48 hours, 24 hours before your fight because you came into the the, the fight week heavier. So um, I think if fighters knew and they just said, hey, you have a one-hour window, you have a one-hour window um, and start getting them thinking of that mindset, I think they would approach it a lot differently. So who knows? Who knows? I'm I'm sure then they'd maybe find another way to game the system. Oh, but, they'll find another way um, to game the system. That's the terrible thing about weight cutting <laughs> is the long as I've been covering the sport, and I try to say it because you're right, it's the most brutal part of the sport. I've yet to hear a solution where I'm like, that's it. You just got rid of weight cutting. They're never going to do it now, you know, because even when yeah. people are like, oh, same day weigh-ins will do it. Like, no, same day weigh-ins, they still end up cutting some weight. They just don't have as much time to rehydrate and to, to get the you know, stuff around their brain. And Yeah, so. Uh, right. you think about that, you know, like you can't do IVs. Like they've literally been fighting the system so that fighters can't do these crazy cuts that they would normally do and then be able to, to fix themselves after it. Like that was a huge one, not being able to, to like, most of these fighters would cut crazy weight and then would just go do an IV mm-hmm. of solution and stuff and oh, yeah. reintroduce, you know, fluids back into their body in a super fast way where it was just a matter of like, dude, just kill yourself, make it onto the scale, stand up straight, don't fall over, don't faint, and bro, we got you. You know, it's, crazy. it's just, it's so crazy. And it was accepted. Everybody's like, yeah, man, that's and just it what was, you yeah. do. You just do your IV bags. People, people would even brag. They'd be like, oh, man, I had to do three bags. It was crazy, man. I had to do three bags. How fucking like, nuts is that? How nuts is that? That's crazy, man. So at least at least maybe we're, we're, we're moving forward and we're evolving. Uh, you said, uh, I want to bring it up, but you said something about following guys' career and watching what they put themselves through. Uh, what did you think of Kurt Hullabaugh and Jason Knight? Kurt Hullabaugh making his way into the finals after him and Jason Knight. I, I just love their attitude. I mean, listen. We don't have easily to the it. best fight. Easily the best fight of the season. Oh, we, we, if, we, if people we, haven't seen it, yeah, it's fucking nuts. These it was, dudes it go was, at I it. think. I mean, they gave you everything that you thought that they would give you. I mean, they talked a good game. I loved it because they were also so respectful of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, because we saw earlier um, when Roosevelt Roberts, uh, it's now the name's ex- uh, escaping me. Who he fought? You know, they made friendship and they end up not giving the fight that they Austin wanted. Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard. Austin Hubbard. Yep. But like, you know, Jason and Kurt knew what they were going to do and they went out there and they did it, you know, and even the, the I don't want to, I mean, you guys need to see it because the ending of the fight was just vicious. Yep. And there was just like, mm. if, if, if there was ever an inkling of like, I don't want to hurt my friend, that is not the combination. That is not the finishing of the fight. Like he, he was able to kind of shut it down. But then he went right over and after, and then having a guy like Jason Knight who just like respected and was like, yeah, like, bro, you, you, you put it on me and like, fantastic, dude. It was, and I wanted to, ha- everybody asked all the questions today and last night. And luckily I asked the group cause I almost spaced out. Cause I want to ask him like, dude, was that the best fight of the year? You know, talk about this, this, this. And I was like, wait, it hasn't fucking aired yet. I was yeah. like, would I get in trouble if I said anything? And I was like, uh, it, should I? It, I thought uh, I still thought I could word it. And it's funny because I even my Slack when I put it to the Slack channel, they're like, I think you could word it properly. I was like, ah, I think I'm just gonna steer away just in case. Just in case. I don't want him to be like whatever. I think Dana would have been fine with it, you know, because I think he would have been happy to talk about it because he was in such a good mood. Um, 
but easily the best fight of the season. Um, and Jason Knight, he even said something after the fight. He's like, he's like, uh, it didn't matter whether I was going to win or whatever. I'm going to be back in the UFC. I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets a slot on the finale with that fight. You I know? hope he does. He I hope he it. does. And I, I assume he's going to get back in to the UFC, or at least he's. I at least, at least think he'll get on the finale. But I'm hoping to see him back again, um, because if there was ever a, a thing of like heart or like you want to put a certain guy and you want somebody to represent what we want to see in a fight. It's Jason Knight. Yep. It's just crazy now when you have a roster that's like 600, almost 700 people. You know, yeah, you want to put the guy that everybody loves to see, but you also want a guy that's winning. And, you know, unfortunately, Jason had some losses, but we, we know what we're getting from one of his fights. So it's like it, it, it's it's like a fine balance. You know, like you ask me, I'm I'm team Knight all day long. Like, fuck, yeah, give him a contract. You know, I'm, I don't care whether he wins or lose because I know what I'm getting. Obviously, I want him to win and do well for himself. But he's happy to get in there and get the opportunity to perform, and, you know, make some money. And I want him to be able to do that. But I also, I, I fucking love his fight style. I mean, like, yeah. he's just, you know what you're going to get from him. And he's a hell of a nice guy, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that fight, uh, that was easily the best fight of the season. Um, and the best part about, like, some of these things, because, like, you know, we've been talking about the editing, about whether it's been leading toward the coaches. They did actually show some coach shit about this and i didn't realize because i me with the 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 screener that we get i fast forwarded through a lot of the coach challenge shit i didn't realize it it was like a a total shit show that dana got really pissed off about i don't know if you saw that stuff like so it went a lot long it was disorganized they didn't show i guess they were in the tubs for like 30 some minutes they didn't show it in the show they didn't show it on the show that he was as mad as he was like they they kind of showed a plan i mean you could tell by the end like people were like come on we need to hurry up here a little bit like these dudes are like they're starting to like shake really bad in the yeah. tub of in the you know the cold tub, and they're trying to answer. But it seemed like they were trying to move fast. Like everybody's talking fast. Like even Buffer was like delivering the questions fast. You could tell like they were trying to rush it at the end. And then, but I did see where Dana White spoke with Oscar Willis and and said that he was incredibly upset at the way that played out, and that was dangerous. And I'll be honest with you, I I think he's right. I saw Connor tweeted like, "Oh, don't be mad at production. They were great, et cetera, et cetera." But dude, I don't think your body's supposed to be in that cold like 39 degrees for 30 minutes i don't think that's good for you yeah i'm sure there are some ice plungers out there like dude you're not gonna die from it like they had people there they they weren't gonna die from it but i'm sure there's some like some hardcore guys that are like uh yeah i'm sure it's not so bad but yeah technically people that are good doing ice bath aren't doing 30 plus minute sessions you know like some of them are happy if they're under for 30 seconds or like a minute two minutes and then they start saying like hey there's multiple minutes but yeah 30 minutes is just crazy the one thing about it i'm I'm not sure i'm sure the either water sort of warmed up a little bit you know since it was inside the studio or whatever but still yeah 30 minutes is just ridiculous it was connected to like a machine that seemed like the whole point of the machine was it was it wasn't just like an ice bath it was like one of these like thermals where it's got like a motor next to it and you program it and all that no matter how much they were trying to pee in there to warm it up it it wasn't helping i think it was a steady 39 i think it was a steady 39 yeah yeah listen that's crazy i mean like you you figure somebody would have like did you know checked with some people before they had the idea like guys can we do a trial run of how long this might actually take <laughs> some producer got got sent uh sent packing after that one. <laughs> like thank you very much for your services good luck. Like, thank you much for your service your idea was great at first but yeah. uh yeah we'll see uh we'll see you at nascar yeah good luck at mtv over there <laughs> doing the challenge or something like that so anyway uh all right listen busy weekend in ma uh it's different right because normally 
Uh, media day is on Wednesday, and so you and I get together after we've spent the whole day talking to all the athletes, and that wasn't the case. Media day this week is on Thursday. I can only imagine that's just because Power Slap is tonight at the USC Apex, and, yep. and I guess they didn't want to do a USC media day, and then, uh, I don't know. I, it seems like you still could have done both in the same day, but it, they, they moved yeah. it to Thursday. They're probably just trying to get worried about maybe clearing out the house or something or getting us out of there in time. But, yeah, I would have thought that they could have did the same because they've done that in the, in the past where they've done – power slap like press conference and then we went into the media day yeah we're just um, the media room's just the same right like i mean so you have yeah. to change the backdrop out i mean they've got that backdrop on a light thing like it's not like it's heavy or anything so yeah. i don't know i thought it was weird but they changed. so because of that we haven't talked to anybody uh at the, at the fight card for this week we will talk to tomorrow of course vicente luque Rafael dos anjos in the main event um you know not necessarily the most impactful main event in terms of like you yeah. know immediate number one contender but you know, maybe a crossroad fight for RDA. You know, Vicente Luque. We learned about the health scare as well, about the the brain the brain bleed that he had from a year ago, and he's coming back from that. So, I'm um, still an intriguing fight, and I think it'll be a good one. Uh, Cub Swanson is back in the co-main event against yeah. Akeem Duarte. That could be an absolute banger of a fight there. That should be fun. Uh, I that love that fun. one. Uh, Khalil Roundtree and Chris Dawkins could be absolutely explosive. That should be fun. That should be fireworks. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some fights on here I think are going to be fun. I know Coke Coffee is going to be all into <laughs> Pollyanna Viana and Yasmin Lucindo. I have a <laughs> yeah. feeling. Yes, I uh, there's a yes, vested interest just for fighting style. I mean, I'm just wondering: are we going to get a striking match? We're going to get a jujitsu match? You know, you know, know, just the obvious. I, I know. That, I mean, clearly, we were all on the same page as to why you were interested in that matchup. Yep. Uh, Juliana Miller is back, and she's uh, always a firecracker oh. out there. She's fun. Love I mean, her. There's uh, so there's some fun fights in there, um, and that is on Saturday night. Of course, we will have full coverage. Um, I did want to point out as well, so normally we go in-depth on the UFC card, but we don't really have anything to go in-depth on because we haven't talked to him yet. We'll do that tomorrow. Um, there is a Bellator card as well. I want to point out a couple things to you, Kokov, because we keep just kind of reading the tea leaves here, right, and kind of seeing what's playing out. You know, I told you I was with the PFL uh, last week. I'll be back with him again next week as well. Um, seeing a little bit of what's going on, hearing people talking, and boy, it sure does seem like a lot of people are awfully optimistic that things are going to happen with this potential B PFL Bellator merger, if you will, or acquisition, however you want to call it. Uh, nothing necessarily for sure, but again, reading the tea leaves, what's happening, and there were two big things that I wanted to point out. Number one, Bellator 300 was announced, which is pretty cool. Um, if you haven't seen this announcement yet, it, it is going to be in October. It's October 7th in San Diego, Pachanga Arena, which is not uh, the Pachanga Casino. That's actually the name of the arena, the old sports arena there that's hosted some UFC events and that sort of thing along the way. But four championship matchups atop the bill. They're all co-co-co-main events. It's Ryan Bader versus Linton Vassell. Chris Cyborg versus Kat Zingano, Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brent Primus, and Liz Carmouche versus Alima Leigh McFarlane, which is interesting uh, because they're friends, they're training partners. But they've obviously they've talked about this a lot. I mean, they they've trained together, they're friends, but they've wanted to do this, which I, I find intriguing, especially when you talk about the PFL situation, uh, the the Ultimate Fighter situation. So is this fight going to be good because they've been wanting to do this, or is it going to be bad because they go out there and they can't? You know, are are they the are, yeah? Are they Jason Knight and Kurt Hullabaugh, or are they Roosevelt yeah. Roberts, or or, or Houshman Fio? You know, what I mean, so we'll see how that plays out. But so four championship matchups in a card that, from what I've heard, is uh, and I've heard from multiple people that there aren't really any events planned past Bellator 300 right now. That doesn't mean they can't add them, but I've just that's just what I've heard. Yeah. And you're putting four championship matchups on it. And oh, by the way. Friday night. Going out with a bang. Yeah. And by the, well, I was going to say, and by the way, Friday night, Bellator 298, 
17 fights on the card. Holy cow. 17 fights. And I'm telling you what, if you look at this lineup, um, it's it's actually a pretty good lineup. Like, I'll be honest with you. I mean, okay, if, if you want to go main event versus main event, Logan Storley versus Brennan Ward, a great main event. Now, if maybe you want to say that's not as good as Rafael dos Anjos Vicente Luque because Rafael is a former UFC champ. Okay, I mean, I can I can feel you there. But when you start going down this lineup, man, Valentin Modoxi versus Steve Mowry, Dalton Roster versus Aaron Jeffrey, James Gallagher versus James Gonzalez, Sidney Outlaw versus Islam Mamadov, Lucas Brennan versus Weber Almeida, Enrique Arzola versus J- Jalen Bates. I mean, there's a lot of good fights on here. In fact, a lot of people that were in the UFC as well. But 17 fights. So, and I'm, I'm going to throw one other little piece of knowledge and information because I do vote in the Bellator rankings. And I think I've mentioned this on the and a half episodes before. But I don't know if we've talked about it on the episode proper here, but um, I think like the last time I did the Bellator rankings, there were about 25 or 30 names that had been pulled out of the rankings. So meaning that they don't have an active contract with the organization because basically you're allowed to rank anybody that has an active contract. And there were like 25, 30 names were out of it. So I look at... Bellator 300 with four championship fights. Maybe some champs need some money uh, so get some opportunities. I see a card with 17 fights on it. Not that they've never done a 17-fight card before, but that's an awful lot yep. of fights. That's uh, a lot. And then I talk about the, those those names not being in the Bellator rankings anymore, and at least from just circumstantial evidence and observing from the outside, it seems like they believe things are progressing pretty well in this direction as well. Yeah, I mean, it'd certainly be nice to have uh, some champs that can uh, swap over, you know, uh, into whatever new organization or something. But yeah, I mean, that's certainly a. Uh, I, I feel your tea leaves there. That's some. <laughs> that's some crazy numbers. Um, that's some, uh, and then be you know, uh, it's a nice ending number as well. You know, not say that something does happen, but I mean, ending on a nice big three hundred. It would be cool um, if that was the last one, right? Makes it a lot better than 301. I mean, it just, uh, just it's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we had the big 300, and then, well, we made it to 301. Like, we, we wrapped it, it up. We had, we had four title <laughs> fights, 300. The curtains came down. Everybody stands yeah. up and applauds. But uh, listen, I, 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 well, let me just say this, too. I have heard that even if all this stuff goes as people expect it to maybe go, again, it's not a done deal, but as people expect to maybe go, that the uh, that Bellator does owe some television programming to some different partners uh, around the globe. So the, the organization may continue to operate on, but it just wouldn't obviously be operating the way it is now. So we don't know what it would be. So uh, so maybe they will go past 300, but at least if, if this is the end of this era, that'd be a hell of a way to end this era. Yeah, or I wonder if they'll just operate – they they retain the right to operate as that name depending on if they're in that market. So say if it's still the, the say if it's a PFL package, but in Italy we operate as Bellator MMA. Yeah, you know, or the events or something along those lines since they have that right or whatever. Um, but who knows? But I mean, it certainly seems like we are leaps and bounds further along from when like the rumor mill started. It when you're getting you know awkward answers from like the the president. You know, when they're, you know, addressing some stuff. Well, I know there's nothing I can really say. I'm like, well, you're certainly not saying no. You're certainly not saying, like, guys, the, it's all stupid yeah, rumors. I, like, you I know. I don't know if you saw my video with Ray Seffo the other night in San Antonio. Yeah, that's, but he, that's yeah. what I was referencing. Yeah, he basically yeah, like, was like, well. I was like, bro, he he certainly didn't shut shit down. Yeah. Like, Conversations like, are happening. Eh. You can see the wheels in his head. He's like, how can I talk about this without actually saying anything? I was like, well, you not really saying anything is saying a lot, brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, that is it. You're certainly not shutting it down. But um, it's interesting. But, you know, um, 
it, well, it's, it's even more interesting with this this class action thing being able to go. I mean, the, the UFC certainly doesn't want another major player going away. You know, the 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 option it doesn't help their case if the amount of other avenues goes away. So okay. I guarantee that they're hoping that they stay and active in some form. Let me tell you another reason, and I'm so glad you brought that up because another thing that I find very interesting in this is that part of the thing in because uh, I wonder if maybe this helps them, right? Part of the lawsuit, the accusations say that part of the practices that were unethical was that the UFC just bought up their competition. So there was no free market yeah. because they just bought up their competition. So therefore, there's there's no competition because we bought them all. Does that help? Do, do you wonder? Because I think you're right, right? Like the UFC and Dana White and everybody has always said, man, we want as many places to compete as they can. We need places for these fighters to develop and then hopefully they all come to the UFC, but we need for them to fight in places. But I wonder in this particular situation, if they wouldn't really, really love for this merger to happen so that the lawyers could go into the to the courtroom and be like, guys, I hear what you're saying, but hey, you know what? Let's just take real-world events happening right now. Did you not see yep. that number two and number three joined forces and nobody – I didn't hear anybody stand in the way of that acquisition? Now, maybe yep. again, maybe that will raise some red flags at like the you know with the government regulators and that won't allow – but I, I just do wonder if – how that all factors into it as well. I mean, I know this is kind of yep. inside baseball, not talking fights, talking business, but it is interesting. But no, it's true. Me. I mean, we hear that all the time. Like when, like Sprint, say, I'm just, I'm gonna get the names wrong, but say when Sprint was like talking to AT and T or another major player, and they want to combine, and you got everybody saying like, no, you know, because T-Mobile's over here saying like, no, you can't have it or whatever, or these major things happen. I could definitely see where in this instance they would say. Look at these two huge powerhouses that are joining that do X millions of dollars and have crazy numbers and they're they're broadcast. So how can we possibly own the market when there's such a large, you know, opposition, you know, over here? So, yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think that they're upset about it. I mean, I can see twofold where they they want to see multiple um multiple players out there doing crazy number because then they can point and say well there's option a out there there's option b but if you have a this the this company that this will create will be a huge huge powerhouse so i can obviously it, it might work in their favor where they're saying see look at this other juggernaut that just combined out here and yeah where were you guys were you guys causing a, a roughest about you know ruckus about that why aren't you guys bitching about that but yep either way i mean i think the ufc is just happy that something's happening it's it's a whole lot better than either getting bought and absorbed into something else, as opposed to just going away. I think if it just went away, it's a lot worse for the UFC because then it, it makes the point even better for the, 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 the athletes in this class action yep. to say that you are the end-all, be-all, and we have nowhere else to go. But, uh, yeah, who knows? But, no, but it's it's just crazy because it, it, what started as just what – you know, weird little sort of rumors. Now it's it's getting a lot closer to being reality. I feel like we're just, you know, it could be weeks away, months away. You know, I feel like there's just contracts. Somebody's waiting to sign. They haven't got somebody to sign some piece of paper yet, which is why we haven't uh, heard the final dealings. But who knows? Who knows? Interesting times. Interesting times to see how it all plays out. All right, well, listen, uh, I am going to uh, run. My, it was my kid's first day of school today, so I'm happy to go see what uh, what he's up to and oh. find out how the first day of sixth grade went. We're, we're moving on up in the world. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Pretty it's wild. crazy. I saw some pictures that popped up in my phone from like past like holiday parties, I think at your place. And he was just so small. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. It's crazy to hear like friends, kids now like 
uh, getting on to high school, graduating, going to college. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting old. You have, uh, you've seen him, man. You've you've seen him from the time he was a little baby, man. You've been along for the ride. Yeah. Dude. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. He's gotten so big. It's unreal. Yeah. Awesome, man. Unreal. All right, well, listen. A lot of action this weekend. Like I said, we've got uh, we've got Bellator and UFC in back-to-back nights. I love it because they're not on the same night, which means you can watch both of them. I think both the cards are pretty good. If you haven't taken a look at that Bellator card, check it out. There's some actually pretty good names. I think even the prelims are going to be pretty exciting. So uh, check that out. Of course, we will have full wrap-up coverage of the and-a-half episode. For all of you that support us at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, we certainly appreciate you. Even if you like don't. Like the Davern family. Yes. Thank you, Davern family. Coming re- back on for another re- year. Up. We get the annual price. You can save a couple bucks. You get the discount. Helps yeah. us keep the lights on. Helps us pay for all the hosting costs and all that stuff that it takes to, to run. <laughs> pay this. for your exorbitant internet costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pays for my internet. That hopefully uh, the tech- internet that is crazy, bro. I didn't know you broached the two hundred dollars a month. That's just crazy. Two twenty. Can you believe it? I pay two twenty a month for internet, and I don't. Then even- imagine if you had cable on top of that. Oh, you'd be paying like three hundred and something bucks. I have Directv Stream, so I still pay another hundred bucks, and I have. <laughs> oh, bro. It's- and you have like yeah. I don't even, that is cut even, the yeah. cable cut the cable you'll pay less cut the cable you'll pay less I, yeah it's so fun it is so funny right now i'm like you know what somebody should do they should take these services that i like and they should bundle Put them, them all together in one. For like, <laughs> wouldn't that be convenient and then deliver it straight to the house through yeah. a cable and it's crazy because like right now i gotta go in all these different apps like what if the ufc app uh fight tv app uh hbo max uh what else do we use hulu uh, Netflix. What if they were all just in one app? Like I don't know, like a like a box or something, maybe that you would just yeah. like plug into your TV, and they were all in one place, and then it would just be like one. Pro- Somebody should. That's the next wave. They should of the make future. some like, and then and I think it'd be smart if if you 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 bundle it in the cable so that if your internet goes out, you could still watch it. You could still see all this stuff. Yeah, who? Why and would they just we run t- it straight to your house? Why would we tie it into our internet? That makes no sense. How have we decided that? You know, we, somebody should have really considered that there's got to be another way to do this other than it coming in via internet, which is so spotty. And oh, so yeah, yep. so ridiculous. No, oh, don't well. don't bring my cable back. They were terrible too. All right, but yeah, yeah, I, I got know. a I got a cable, cable tech showing up. Hopefully, my two hundred dollar internet will work. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoys their weekend. We'll see everybody over at the and a half episode. And most of all, whether you support us there or not, just to everybody, thanks for listening.